And welcome to another show of Don't Get This Twisted. I am Rob, along with my co-host as always, Tina. How you doing, Tina? Hanging in there, Rob. How you doing? Oh, uh, I sound like I'm very white today because I've got a sore throat and <laughs> I think I'm getting sick. Say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. I think Fight a lot the of, urge. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, his voice sounds even better. He should be sick all the time. <laughs> this is my radio voice. Hey, yeah, hey there. Hi say, there. It's like a radio station for some smooth Thanks for jazz. calling Kiss <laughs> FM. Smooth jazz. I'm sp- <laughs> Speaking of that, I have a friend of mine at work. He... Um, he wants to do voiceovers as he gets into his retirement years. He's in his sixties. <clears throat> and I was uh telling him that he needs to come over here to the old home studio and we can do some some things for him. But then I uh he goes, Oh dude, you should do a a promo for this jazz station in London. So I just haven't got around to it. I actually have it right in front of me. Right now might be the the best time to do it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but uh yeah, anyway. Look, uh, make sure to check out our socials and and share this show. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I've been tweeting a lot lately. And you can hear us on Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Google, iHeartRadio, all everywhere you can hear podcasts. Make sure you uh, go and favorite us or like. No, follow. What is it? Do follow. All That's what it follow. is on a lot of them. Yeah, just so <laughs> they just automatically pop up so you can hear us. Um we had a pretty good month last uh, last month. Being considering that it was December, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. <clears throat> Today we're going to get a little bit more serious because we've been joking around and fucking off lately and just doing shows that we just want to do. Today we're going to talk about living with an addict because that came through our Facebook. My friend Catherine in Georgia gave us a plethora of. Um, things to cover. And this was one of them. And as soon as I told you, you were like, let's do that. Cause I've been talking about it a lot lately. Yes. Um, I don't normally talk about how I felt in situations that I've gone through. Although I talk about the situation that I went through and it was brought mm-hmm. to my attention that maybe it felt a little, not insincere, but like I was dodging it, which led me to look at that. And I was definitely dodging it. Like nobody wants to go through a traumatic experience and then have to explain how it felt. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So makes sense. Um, but I believe that that's part of the healing process. And I think it might help other people that are going through things because this week it's been a week. I had a, I had um, somebody that I'm, I'm, I've been a part of their life for a long time. Their baby was taken away because she was actively using while she was pregnant. And, um, and I see how it affects, you know, the family and stuff and it's all new to them. And I don't have the same reactions cause I've been through this so many times in my life. So it's, it's been interesting for me to see like how all of it has, um, has affected my reaction to things and how I'm able to go into survival mode without even a blink of an eye. I mean, I've been doing this. My mom started with her drugs that that I could recall about when I was about three years old. So she was, she was suffering from depression or whatever the 
they called it back then. I don't I don't even know what it was, but all the doctors were giving all the women at the time Valium. So my mom would take her Valium and she'd trip for a while and pass out. And then, you know, it we had to at three and one had to uh, kind of take care of each other. And I believe that that started a pattern between my brother and I, because I still to this day want to take care of him and, and do what I can to care for him. And, you know, I'm the one that shows up. Um, So yeah, it's like, I, I didn't realize how it affected me in, in so many ways. And then once I started thinking about it, I was, I was like, fuck, I, I wonder what I would be like if I didn't have to go through all that. And it was, it was a lot like, um, because of the addicts in, in my family, um, one of my, one of my uncles borrowed my dad's car or my mom's car at the time and took it and got on the freeway, stole some drugs and was being chased by drug dealers, crashed the car. People died. And then, uh, so we're all here at the house, not knowing anything that happened. And the SWAT team shows up and, and there's people with rifles on the roof of the neighbor's house. And, you know, they're screaming, come out with your hands up in my head. And my dad's being arrested for murder. Like literally that happened. I was maybe seven, eight years old. Um, Good Lord. And see your dad like taking out. We were watching like some Academy Award or some bullshit like that. It was, I don't know. It may have even been on like satellite, not satellite TV, um, on TV back in the day. Like it could have been like that Mm -hmm. one show that everybody wanted to watch. I can't remember, but it was something significant. And um, and then have hearing the banging on the door and, you know, we're sitting on the floor with our popcorn and all these people with with guns, you know, come rushing into the house and (laughs) telling us to get down. Like that, that was like a very, very scary moment for me. And then they literally took my dad. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I I think about the things that that my family's been going through lately and how I don't have a reaction and what it took to not have one. Um, so like all the stories are coming up, all the things that have gone on and and um, the feeling of of always having to be perfect for for them to love you. Well, that was such a fucking hard thing to deal with. Like nobody's mm-hmm. perfect, first of all. And nobody nobody with a mouth like mine would ever be considered perfect. So that was that made me strive to be like the very best in whatever I could accomplish, but it also was for me kind of disheartening because there was never, I was never going to be able to make everybody happy. I was never going to be able to make her happy. And then all these years later, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, fuck, she wasn't perfect either. <laughs> like She was right. the only reason she was giving me this shit was because she was high. Like, come on. So I I'm going through a lot of like things that I've archived and trying to figure out what it feels like. And I never even thought about it before. Just never thought. Well, you're unlocking something. Oh yeah. Yep. 
but it's been um like my mom's been gone 11 years and this is stuff from way before like i could go back to three like fuck i wasted a whole life not dealing with shit that i didn't even well that's not true because i didn't even know i should deal with it i had no clue that it was going to pop up that it was going to be a problem that it was going to affect other things i had no clue but yeah it's been it's been interesting yeah i'm lucky because i've never really had to to live in that kind of situation really with even anyone um an old wrestler friend of mine he he had some issues but at the time i was you know my son had really he was maybe one and a half maybe two so you know i was doing other things in life and and we tried i mean obviously no one wanted you know and no one wanted anyone to go down that road it's not something that you wish on anyone but um you know didn't want help so um and then he ended up dying you know in his living room um it 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 was definitely a, a hard thing to to a stomach you know mm-hmm. knowing that maybe you could have helped somebody maybe if you would have just <clears throat> like we talked before we got on here zigged instead of zagged yeah you would have just did this or did that um it's funny though because i think um i get in a lot of trouble with a lot of my friends because i have a very um high level of lack of empathy like i don't <laughs> when 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 things happen i'm like nah, whatever or when mostly like when when stars die, I think it's like celebrities will die. I'm like, nah, I didn't know the fucking guy who cares. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel bad like for that too. Yeah, people I feel bad for people who who know those people. But I have I have and I have a very lack of empathy for a lot of things. And it gets me in a lot of trouble with with people who are close to me because they're just like, ah, I, how do you think that way? I'm like, ah, it's just the way I think it's the way I'm built. But I'm lucky because I've really never had to deal with that inside of a inside of four walls. When it's outside, it's much easier to just let it let it go. And if it blows in the wind, it'll blow down the street. Yeah. But when it's inside of the four walls that you have to deal with daily, I couldn't even imagine the turmoil that goes through that kind of stuff. Well, towards the end was <clears throat> probably the worst, the worst of the worst. And we all were literally afraid that she was going to burn the house down because she was so loaded and then wanted to smoke cigarettes in the garage all night. And she would Jeez. lean over the, the washer and the dryer, you know, just kind of propping herself up. And she'd light her cigarette and then drop it in between the washer and the dryer. Now, mm. If you're around a dryer at all, you realize lint is going to be around there. Even like the mm-hmm. slightest bit of lint could cause a huge fire. Yep. So, and I was married with, with my daughter at the time and I was literally having them go home so I could stay up all night with her until my dad got up in the morning because he needed to sleep at some point with working and everything. So right. he, he would wake up in the morning and then by that time she was in bed and then I could go home and sleep a couple hours before I had to go to work. And this went on for a few years, like uh, probably three years, I want to say four years. I'm, I'm guessing, uh, I think about that 
I was so exhausted. I literally walked around like a zombie. I, I was so just trying to keep everything together, trying to keep her secret, mm-hmm. trying to. And I guess that's the biggest thing, like keeping people's secrets. Unfreaking believable yeah. the depth you go to to do that. You know, and I think I talked about it before. If we were in a knockdown, drag out fight and the, somebody rang the doorbell, you better not come out of here until you fucking look right. And and you better have a smile on your face. Like we weren't allowed to like feel anything. We had to shut it off and I guess deal with it at a different time. Or I don't know. I never got that far. It was just shut it down. And so shutting down became something that I've gotten pretty good at. I don't know if it's good because it's bad to shut down but yeah yeah, for sure i mean i'm sure it's a two-way street i'm sure any psychologist would tell you that it's not a good idea to shut down right but at some point what do you what do you do i mean you can only do so much (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and mostly when it's something that's you know once you're out of the house it's a whole other thing yeah you know living with it like have you ever taken value no. Well, yes, I took one. I was laid out for probably about 18, 19 hours. It just kicked my ass. So so I took 15 milligrams of it for my um, getting cut, getting my vasectomy. Okay. 15 milligrams, which is n- nothing, right? It. I would have let him cut my leg off. I was so <laughs> fucked up <clears throat> because I don't do anything, right? So maybe, maybe my... Um, my lack thereof ever taking drugs, you know, probably made it worse. But I'm telling you, it it makes you so goofy. I couldn't imagine, you know, yeah. taking high doses of that. My uh, the wrestler friend, he was taking somas, which are muscle relaxers, mm-hmm. and my probably somewhere, in, and probably somewhere in the same. No, he was doing like thirty or forty a day. I would say my mom was too, <clears throat> and and like would just. People would just pass. I've seen other people just pass out on my couch, like gone and and then wake up wondering, like, because he had spilled a fucking shake on him. And he was like, well, you know, who's messing with me? You, dude, you fucking passed out. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was it, it was really weird, like <clears throat> that kind of that kind of thing. I couldn't imagine like my parents. I couldn't imagine. I, I just couldn't. You had to be in a. A, a very um it must have been hazy there like everything was always under a cloud of of mom yeah i did i didn't realize it at the time though it was just my my focus was just stay safe like it, we i i told you that, that during that time i was molested repeatedly for 9 months and um and i would put my brother in a closet and he would fall asleep waiting for me cuz we were playing hide and go seek but he was so little like he just Sign and go seek time, get in the class. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And then I would do whatever I had to do. And then I would go back in there and fall asleep with him. And it, and that at three years old, at four years old, like that's, that's crazy. I think about that, like the survival, the, the survival instinct that I had to just get through that and taking care of my brother at the time is insane. Like, mm-hmm. you know, to learn how to, to protect ourselves. Cause you know, he was messed up, too. So if I got us out of plain sight before um, before he came looking for us, he wouldn't look very hard because he was so fucked up himself. So 
Yeah. And, and my brother and I had, we had rooms that kind of adjoined through an accordion door so I could like barely open it, sneak in, do what I had to do and then get out of there. So I, I was thinking about like this, the safe, the safety that I felt. I didn't, I didn't have any at the time. As a matter of fact, I like freaked out. I wanted my dad there every day, all the time. And he couldn't be there and he was brokenhearted and all this stuff was going on and everybody was dealing with their part of it. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, like kids weren't being cared for, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I mean, we were fed, we were bathed. She made sure she got all of that done. She, she had to be super mom in, in that she didn't want anybody judging her. So as long as she did everything she was supposed to do, nobody could, and then she could use. And, um, we were well taken care of, but it was the safety. It was the, like being in safe environments, having somebody who was, who was there, you know, cause we kind of just ran amok. Right. At that age and didn't have any guidance unless my dad was around. But at the time he was such a mess that I wonder how much he mentally was even there too. <clears throat> yeah. Like how, how did he deal? Like that must've been a whole other, a whole other thing. Yeah. I don't know. He, he actually went and stayed with his brother and he was sleeping on the couch and he was miserable and pissed off. And and uh, our our house had gotten vandalized. So I, somebody came in and just messed it up like I can't. They didn't steal, but they vandalized and uh, the dog got shot and it was just a mess. And so uh, my dad came to get us. And at that point, I guess they got back together Um which I kind of take as divine intervention, but, um, I don't, he never really talked. He talked about what he had to do and that he loved my mom, but he never really talked about like how it felt other than when he found out it was pretty fucked up. And that was all he, he said. Yeah. I'm sure there's, there's a couple of rooms in his head that are very locked. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Oh, and his, yeah, <clears throat> Vietnam did that working for what, you know, the job that he worked for. I mean, there's a hundred different reasons he's got, he's definitely got things he doesn't want to share. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny because uh, such a different um, way they were raised, you know, our parents came yeah. from a whole other, whole other uh, be strong attitude. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like. It's it's just a different a different way of of being raised. So I'm sure he handled um what was going on in the house, you know, from a very different standpoint. Oh yeah, you know he he says that I'm kind of like his counselor because I come up with ways of looking at things that he never even thought he could. Like there was not a an mm -hmm. idea for him, and um. He always says you have a funny way of looking at things, but I wish somebody would have told me it was, you know, it was safe to do that. And uh, I think about that all the time, like what gave me the ability to do that, but not him. But I think it's because although he was going through his things, we were also surviving in our ways and making our own um, our own survival. We were making we were 
shit, we were developing our own survival skills. And that became mine, where his were different because of what it felt like, I guess. Right. But yeah, so it definitely, Mm -hmm. it definitely made me want to be the one in charge. Like, that's why I don't go out drinking because I want to make sure I get home. That's why I don't like do half the shit everybody else does. It's because somebody needs to make sure everybody's safe. That has Mm -hmm. become who I am for sure. Right. I mean, I, I definitely think that what you had to go through probably made you, um, a tad bit more armory. Like I'm sure you wear armor that you don't either don't know you do or other people call you out for it. Like, Oh, you do this. And you probably never realize that it's probably a reactionary thing from when you were a lot younger. No. Yeah. And I do. People tell me stuff like that all the time. So I'm just like, yeah, I've heard that before. (laughs) I don't know what to say anymore. You know, I, I, I still have, everybody has to do what they've learned. Everybody has to, um, they have to use whatever tools they've been given to, to make sure they stay where they need to be safe, just like me. So I don't apologize for that anymore. I just know that I'm like that, but in a lot of other ways, I'm probably way easier than most people could ever be. So I just balance it out that way. I don't, I don't care anymore. I've had to apologize too long. Do you, do you think that growing up in the household that you did, that you find it easier to <clears throat> see that in other people, like people that you think may be using or may have a bigger issue than, than you think, and then found out later that it was really bad? You know, I, um, I, I've been having the discussion with one of my friends cause I believe that another, um, somebody that I'm close to is with somebody who is supposed to be in recovery and I called bullshit, you know, I didn't call bullshit to anybody, but I told one of my friends, I said, Hey, this is happening. And she's like, no, no, I don't, I don't see it. I don't. And I'm like, yeah, but do you see the way the mouth moves? You know, I go, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I I'm telling you it's happening. And she's like, no, it's not. And we're, I'm waiting for it to come out because I think it's worse than what anybody's going to think it is. Mm-hmm. I think those are the things too <clears throat> that you find out, you know, you when you live around somebody who's like that. And again, I, I'm going by what I've heard from other people who've yeah. been in very similar situations when you were like using daily or, um, when they're using and they didn't know, but you find out from things happening around the house or, you know, they're watching their child and they're high and something happens or like I said, they burn themselves or this happens where it's just odd Mm -hmm. because it ends up being multiple times that, that it happens. Like, look, we all have, we all have that one bad day where you're like, you cut your finger, you know, opening up a package but when you do it five times in a week people wonder you know you have to start wondering yeah i think for you uh, you know look if you've you've been around that uh, always good to hear from somebody who's been in that situation to say hey at least keep an eye out for that 
Oh, yeah. Because you know, I, I tell people all the time, if you don't want to believe me, don't believe what I'm saying. Like, what does it feel like to you? Like, let's 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 just think for a second. Like, how how are you feeling about that? Like, what do you you know, I just told you that. What are you feeling? Like, go with your gut instinct. And if I'm completely mm -hmm. off. Cool. I am so OK to say, man, I'm going to buy you and <laughs> I'm going to buy you the first beer you drink tonight because I had you wrong. You know, I'm I'm sorry. And and I'm. I've been through it enough to know that I can do that. I'm okay to, I, I like being wrong in those situations. I'd, I'd never sure. want to say something about somebody and, and it smear them, you know, that's not cool, but, um, <clears throat> I'm not wrong. I'm just not wrong. So when I tell somebody that, and I'm like, I look me in the eyes, I need you to hear me. Do you hear me? Okay. Now what you do with the information that is on you, but I, I have to free myself from what you're going to go through next. Yeah. And look, <clears throat> I think people don't want to hear No one wants to hear that something bad is coming. No, no one does. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just you know, whatever the situation, whether it's an addict or a cheater or whatever, whatever, Whatever you're shooting across the bow, nobody wants that shit to come. Right. So uh, denial is always the first thing. It's like, and there's I'm no okay way. with that. Like, just, just blink twice if you heard me. <laughs> like, that's, it. you know, because <laughs> <Right. laughs> my my experience and and what I've gone through has got to help somebody else. Because I got to tell you, it didn't. I don't know that it helped. I don't think it helped me. I think. It, I would have been okay to not have any of this, this experience because I'm I'm good to walk around <laughs> not knowing everything, really. Mm -hmm. So I hope it helps somebody else so that they could suffer just a little bit less so that they could have just a little bit easier of time or at least they know how bad it could get because it could get really bad. Like at the end of of my mom's life, we just got her out of the hospital. We thought she was going to die. They they were telling us to make her arrangements. She wasn't going to make it. That's what the doctors were telling us. And she somehow miraculously lives, gets out of the hospital, comes home and the doctors tell her no more medication. We've medicated you for the day. And that tray of pills opened up and she took a whole week's worth in one swallow after she dug them out the bottom Jesus. of her purse. Like when you said your friend was doing about 40 somas, I have no doubt my mom was in that range. And, yeah. and the sad thing is, is we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. We didn't tell anybody. We we as a family chose to ignore deny not look at not deal with because she was such a fucking asshole when you mm -hmm. called her out on her bullshit and and nobody the boys or the men in my family the boys my brother and my dad they did mm -hmm. not ever cross that bitch that that bitch was insane and they just didn't do that but i did because i was the one having to take <laughs> care of everybody i was like come on you gotta give me a break i can't keep doing mm -hmm. this and right. i and I can't keep your secrets anymore. Like you're getting messy. She's getting so messy. Like, <laughs> well, so somas will make you f bad, messy, messy, and then, messy. And then like it in on top of it, and, and oh Jesus! And then it went to Norco, and then it went to, um, uh, gosh, she had so many different, and and again. You know, I feel the need to defend my mom and say, now she had a brain aneurysm and she wasn't right after that. So it fucked her up and, and she was not right. 
but right. sh- there's still no excuse for it to get like it did. Like it, I know people that have had traumatic brain injuries and they're not using anything anymore. So, right. But that was probably her <clears throat> addictive personality on top of what happened as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know for what I sure. mean? What, when did you first realize? And I mean, like what age where you were just like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, Obviously, if you if you realize things when you were like super young, maybe you just realize, oh, things are off. But like maybe as a teenager where you were just like, holy shit. Yeah, like, like about 15, 16, she was she was uh, she was using again. Um, yeah, there was a lot of drugs going on in in her drug in her. <laughs> there were a lot of drugs going on in her profession at the time. And they were readily available and she wasn't one to say no to them. So I remember during that time going, okay, I got that unsafe feeling again. You know, now it just pops up whenever I I'm unsafe. Like literally it's, it's the same feeling. And, um, I just know that she was, she was tilting, you know, she would, she would do her thing. And, and that insecure feeling that, that, um, that stuff that you're that you're left with is that I was left with as a kid. It's all popping up again. Like I'm feeling the need to like isolate, and grab my brother and, and get out of there. And, and not just my brother, though, it was like, get all the kids, you know, it was get everybody together. Let's get out of here because shit's going to hit mm-hmm. the fan. And I, I remember that distinctly coming back up now that you say that. So, so did you go into, so you just went into like battle mode? Yeah. So when you saw things arise, you just went, okay, I have to do shit like this. (laughs) And then as it, out of there. (laughs) And then, then as it slid down where maybe she wasn't using as much, did you just kind of level out or did you always keep that armor kind of, kind of high? No, once it, once about 15, 16, I, I remember when it came, it never went down. It just transferred to all my friends. Like then it was, who was the one that drove and took everybody there and back? It was me. Mm-hmm. I, I, you never saw me drink. I, that's not what mm-hmm. I, not if I was going to be out and about, not if I was in charge of anything. So, right. and, and rarely, rarely did I drop that ball. Like I, I stayed pretty consistent on, I need to keep everybody safe for the rest of my life. I do it now. I do it now. Right. I mean, so, that makes sense, though. I think that's just that's a um, whatever your reactionary thing is to to life or to things that are. It's a traumatic experience, so it's a traumatic result. Yeah. You just kind of go, "Oh, this is what I need to do now." So, yeah. Even I mean, it makes sense. Even going out with somebody. I drive like I don't trust that they'll get me back. I don't want to get I don't want to just have to stop off somewhere that we didn't have planned. I want to be able to come home when I want to come home. Mm -hmm. I'm very much like that. And. Yeah, I'm I'm. I have a hard time letting somebody else drive somebody else be in control. Uh, uh, That's me. I'm I'm very much like that. I hate other people driving. Yeah. <clears throat> to the point where like when I went to my to visit my friend in North Carolina, I drove the whole time I was there. <laughs> I was like, give me the keys to your car. I just I, it's something that and it's not even I'm not a control freak. It just just that like most anything else like, you know, most people don't like that are like that, that are control freaks don't like uh, they have issues getting on an airplane. 
Yeah. Because they understand that, oh, they, you know, I have no control over this and I got to trust the pilot, blah, blah, blah. I can get on an I'm airplane and be like, eh, whatever. Because once I'm in the air, you're dead anyway. So it doesn't matter. Well, that's not the problem. It's when you have to sit in the fucking tarmac for nine hours. And I had to do that. (laughs) And then they don't serve you drinks or food. And you can't bring anything in because you can't go through security with it. I was like, yeah, no, I have a problem with that for sure. But for me driving, I I think that it's me because I have that that level of control of, okay, I know I'm driving. So I I don't know. I think that has a lot to do with my dad because he worked for Caltrans. So. He told me a bazillion stories of of accidents and, and crazy shit. But I can understand where, you know, obviously where things kind of went sideways for you, because when it's your parent, I, I couldn't imagine having to get up every single day and wondering which parent was going to be there. Like that had to be a very wild roller coaster ride for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like one day she could be somewhat sober or completely and you have you have I, I guess what you think is you know mom you know from childhood or certain things or <clears throat> you could have sober but pissy because wants to be high mm-hmm. or you could have high so you have <laughs> it's like you know I never very Jekyll and hyde we did have that like some days Jekyll were, and Hyde I'm sure oh yeah I, I couldn't imagine because could, it, which makes it even more valid of a point that you just made. Cause I was just going to say, but then she could do it, it for people. Like she could turn it on and turn it off. So like it was perfection. It was a smooth glide. There was no like, mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah, she did that a lot, but that's a hide. That was her hiding mechanism. So she was oh, good yeah. at wearing a mask or going, okay, I have to, I have to have my shit together or try to have my shit together. It's no different because I I know people who've been um, in relationships with alcoholics Mm -hmm. where it's very much the same, where you you don't know what you're getting when you get home. You know, you might have you might have angry drunk where you're afraid for your life or, you know, they they. the kids can't do this because you don't want them to set it off. So you end up sending your kids away and he just sits in the living room and watches TV and gets drunk. And that's a daily thing. This isn't like every blue moon. These are people who have to drink every single day or, or, um, you know, they end up going to the garage and drinking by themselves because they can't be around the rest of the people who are in the household. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's got to be a, a fight on, on your own mental state to walk through your bedroom door every day and wonder who's on the other side. I, yeah, I couldn't I used imagine to, that. I, I literally used to just play like I was asleep and I would wait until I didn't hear anybody in the back bathroom. <laughs> And I would run as fast as I could into the back bathroom and shut the door and turn on the shower and pretend like I was getting ready. So I had a little bit of time to wake up before it started. Yeah. Wow. I never thought this stuff. You're saying things and I'm like, a lot is coming up this week. I don't know why that is. It's it's like walking through a minefield. It it had to be. Yes. I mean, I couldn't imagine, (laughs) you know. 
an easy task like, hey, I want to go get something to eat in the kitchen before school and and having to time it to where maybe you, you didn't have to see anyone or hurrying or, you know, whatever that that feeling is to just do a a minimal daily task. I couldn't imagine. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm I knock on wood, you know, that I grew up in a, you know, normal household and would, however you want to say that, hmm. you know, my, my dad, my dad drank beers daily. But, you know, I don't think I can tell you when he was under the influence more than, you know, and, and knowing how people are drunk now, mm-hmm. like I can't tell you that. And he, and he did. And I know he did because he told me stories about him and my uncle going down to uh, what was that place over there on the corner of uh, Joe's Bar Mission and Sepulveda Sutter's Mill Sutter's Mill. So the Sutter's Mill, which is now, I think, a Nissan dealership. <laughs> I guess my dad and my uncle used to go down there and like tear them off like and drive home drunk because you could then like mm-hmm. no one DUIs weren't such a big deal. And, you know, and and I'm sure now looking back on it, he probably very glad he made it home and didn't kill anyone. Yeah. Because in those days you got pulled over and the cop would be like, where you live at? And I'll get your ass home. Like, (laughs) just go home. But uh, I I never saw him uh, what I would what I would consider, you know, drunk. So, you know. I'm lucky. I, I, you know, knock on whatever wood or whatever. You've never, you've never seen your dad drunk. I no, think- I, I have, I have, but it was like later, like my my wedding reception, where okay. he didn't he didn't have to drive home because my stepmom did. He got hammered, like hammered. Yeah, but but I not during my childhood where I thought I would have to worry about anything like that. This was much later in my life and very much under a controlled environment, mm-hmm. like very controlled environment. On, so on no, my 30th, it was either my 30th or my brother's 21st. But because of the pictures and what I was wearing, I want to say it was my 30th. My um. My mom got so drunk, and this was before midnight, that my dad was holding her up. <laughs> she was sitting she was sitting against the wall, and my dad was holding her up by having his hand on her chest so she didn't topple over. And she literally <laughs> threw up all over my dad's arm in front oh. of all of my friends. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. I mean, Yikes. we were old enough that everybody was like, oh, look at your mama. That's funny, but... It, it so wasn't it was embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. Right. It wasn't like, you know, that's not how you want your mom to represent herself in front of all the all right, every, right. you know, people you work with, the people that you that you grew up with, just everything. It was it was embarrassing. I wasn't yeah, happy I'm that. I'm sure. Like I said, this is the one time that and and hammered for my dad was probably really buzzing. Like he wasn't like stumbling around. Right. But but he was definitely like even my best friend walked up to me during the reception. He was like, damn, dude, your dad's pretty hammered. So (laughs) I thought it was kind of, you know, and it was funny because my stepmom, who's much younger than my dad, you know, I'm sure had that 
under control. <laughs> like, because oh, yeah. she's she's one. She's a whisper. Like she would be like, uh, we've had enough now. And my dad. Be like, All right. <laughs> and he was like one of those where he like he didn't. I'm sh I've never seen him like ever get angry about with her. So I'm sure she probably cut him off and he was like, nah, I got a good buzz and like I'm I'm good. But your case is a whole other thing. And mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, for people that are going through this right now, and like you said, you, you know, someone who is they, you know, they got their baby taken away. You know, I, I don't understand it because I don't have that addictive personality, mm -hmm. at least when it comes to that. My addictive personality is probably food or candy, like something like that, where if it's there, I'll eat it. So I'm, you know, but I don't have that, that, uh, cause I've never done any drugs. So for me, it's, I, I don't, don't have that. And <laughs> Just <clears throat> right. No, I, well, I'm, yeah, I'm much too old. Ah, maybe on my deathbed, you know, I was telling uh, some people one time that if I was ever going to do anything crazy, like mushrooms or, or acid, I'd just do it on my deathbed. <laughs> I told my kid, I told my kid that if they like give me like your dad has uh, under a week to live, I told him to dose me every day. There you go. Cause like, who cares? You're, you're going to die anyway. So why not see all kinds of crazy magical <laughs> oh creatures God, and shit in your room? Die anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once they give you that, like you got seven days left, it's like, who cares? Dose me full of LSD or mushrooms every day. Cause what's yeah. the worst that can happen? I'm going to die. <laughs> right. But, but I'm, but maybe that's the control freak in me as well. That that's why I've never done any drugs. Cause I don't want to be out of control. I hate yeah. that feeling hate being out of control yeah so i get that uh, uh, but to see my friends and i've seen several you know the wrestling business is um what's oh, a good way of putting this without shitting on all my old colleagues a wrestling shows like a pharmacy i get it if you walk if you walk into a locker room and say i need a pain reliever and i don't know about now at least when i was doing it Somebody had something. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the Regardless. same thing. That's the same thing. I had a headache at work. Hey, teen, I got this. I got that. I got a couple of these. Oh, wait, do you, mm -hmm. is your back hurting you too? And I'm like, oh my God, you guys like, and that's, you know, clients, that's friends, that's yeah. coworkers. That's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, everybody wants to help. And I think that that's the part that we're we're getting wrong. Like we're not helping, you know, we're not. It's, For, it may take away somebody's pain today, but they're going to have lasting pain that's never going to get better unless they, you know, seriously detox their body because they've gotten out of control. Like it's not helping. You know what I mean? No. And and I think that, look, I mean. You can, everything can be addictive at some point, mm -hmm. um, whether it's a drug or alcohol or <clears throat> something that takes over your life, like the gym, the gym can be addictive. Now, is it a good addictive? Probably on some point, but the mental addiction might not be. So um, letting it take over your life to where you don't see your friends and family because you have to do this or yeah. <clears throat> steroids uh, a good example I'm never big enough that's how people think mm -hmm. right and you could be this jacked out freak but in your own head you're never big enough so that's you know th that's an addiction whether it's a mental addiction or 
a drug addiction. And in that case, it's both because you got to take one to get to make your mental go away or the addiction, which is more of a mental state. But people who don't eat, you know, these are things that that are addictions, but they're either a mental or a substance abuse. So there's, there's lots of things that can be addictive and can can take their tolls on the people around you. So I, I, my thing is always get help. I mean, there's there's so many ways to get help now. Um, I mean, their phone calls away, literally their phone calls away. Um, I have a friend of mine who is a wrestler who was a serious addict, serious, serious got clean and has now went to college and now is a person who helps people with their addictions. Mm-hmm. I so know someone as well. That, yeah. There's, there's ways of, of taking these turmoils and, and bad things in your life and trying to turn them into something else. Yeah. And in I'm, your case you have. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not telling this story because I need pity or because I feel like I was a victim. I don't like I hope that that's not what people get out of this. I hope that what they get is if they're going through it, if they're experiencing something that they see that this is that this isn't something that that is exclusive to them. Like everybody knows somebody. Everybody has to deal with somebody. Not everybody has to live with somebody that's that's got an addictive uh, situation going on. But if if anything, know that what you're going through, what you've experienced is very real to you and try to work with that and, and not not in a not in a way that's not going to be beneficial, but really try to learn from it. Try to do what you need to do to move past it. And I mean, I feel like I've done that, but see, I'm feeling like it keeps coming back. So maybe there was more to learn. Maybe there was something more I needed to say. Maybe there was more of a reason that I went through this other than to make me who I am. Maybe it was to help somebody else. So I I'm noticing that this is coming up because it's in my life. Like I'm, I'm hearing other people talk about it, which is making me think differently. But as I'm talking, I'm realizing, wow, that was a lot. And that wasn't um, the easiest thing I ever went through. And that did change who I am as a person. So mm-hmm. I'm having my own realizations while I, I want to put out the story and say, this is, this is very real and you'll get through it too. Yeah. And I think you have obviously <clears throat> at least attained some kind of of getting over it. it you're never ever going to just pass that by it's just that's not how we work as people yeah and and that goes along with any other kinds of things that happen in life well and that's but what i, I thought it's... i was past it too and now all of this is coming up again and i'm like oh i guess not okay Let's do it again. I, I don't. I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll ever be past it. It's just going to be one of those things that you live with. Yeah. It's um, it's like getting a metal plate and screws put in your elbow. My kid yeah. has that. He'll he'll always have that in his elbow, and he'll always have to think about what happened for him to get to that. But it doesn't affect him every day. But it it's going to affect him as he grows up. Yeah. Someone's going to say, "Hey, what's that scar on your arm?" or 
what is this? Or, oh, my elbow hurts today because it's cold outside. Oh, yeah, it's because I got jumped at school and this is what happened. So there's there's always those things that I think in your case are always going to remind you. I think more um, seeing other people affected by what's going on. So. Yeah, I think that's what you're going to do as you go forward is you're always going to be able to be able, you know, tell someone this is what I saw growing up. Do you see this? And then giving them the information to decide what they want to do with it. And also, I I really have said this over and over again is like, pay attention to what your gut is saying. Don't listen to your heart. Don't listen to your brain. Like, what's your gut telling you? Is your gut telling you something's off? Because if that's happening That's your that's your instincts telling you it's not a safe situation to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in that case, I'm in a lot of trouble because I I think with my heart gets me in a fuck ton of trouble. Well, (laughs) I go I always listen to my gut feeling. I don't always go with it. And, you know, everybody likes a train wreck once in a while. So you just got to do what you got to do. In my case, my my gut goes, hey, and my heart goes, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> go sit down. And then I just go with my my heart. And and I'm sure that on one of these shows that's coming up, we'll probably go into that because there's definitely some uh, some things on our list. And, and we're I'm proud of myself, uh, Tina. We, we have a list of of shows to do all through January and what looks like most of February. Yeah, I saw so that. I, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back and I'm I'm pretty happy about that because I think that, um, we definitely, uh, need to, to do that because we're, we're doing good. Yeah. And, uh, I I don't know. I think, um, the, the more, like I, I learned more about the thing, situations that you went on with being on this podcast, things I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't know about, no. <clears throat> and we've known each other a long fucking time and I still didn't know about the things that happened in your life. So, and I feel like I, I didn't f- tell you, you anything. <laughs> well, no, because look, cir- circumstances that happen maybe aren't the things that are going to help people. I think it's knowing that they can get past it and be okay and still maybe help the person that's going through it. Yeah. Because n- no one wants to lose that friend. I'll tell you, I didn't. And when I learned that I lost my friend, unfortunately, we knew it was coming. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't a shock. And that hurt, I think, worse. I get it that. hurt worse when I someone was the like same thing with my mom. Yeah, they were like, I got a I got a phone call from a uh, someone that was in the circle of of people who knew him that were all using and I got I had to get a call. I was at home for lunch and I got a call and was like, oh, yeah, he's dead. Like, oh, mm. wow. And again, I looked over at my wife at the time and was like, yeah, I, I wasn't shocked, but it, it didn't make the hurt any less. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you know what I came to realize from from having to deal with that is there's with my mom, like to try to make sense with it so you could live with it, because there's so many emotions that went through my head. But the one thing that I thought is she doesn't have to be in her hell anymore. You know, that whatever made her make those decisions, whatever made her want to use all the stuff that she ran from, she didn't have to run anymore. True. 
And, and, and that's probably the same as my friend. I, you know, I mean, he, he, he obviously had some other issues that, that uh, plagued his life Mm -hmm. before he ever started using, because when I met him, he didn't, Wow! but he did have, but he did have some, some things that happened that I think made it easier for him to go down that road, mm-hmm. whatever that is. It, and I think that that's a personal thing that, that makes you go down that it's no different than like in, you see people who get depressed and they eat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a coping mechanism, right? Um, yes. And I, I'm good at it. I, when I'm not doing well, I have no problem. I will eat myself into oblivion. Um, thankfully not, you know, to death, but I definitely have no problem going, looking at my head and going, Oh man, I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Something kind of hits me down that road and like, ah, fuck it. I'll just order pizza. Even though I've been doing really good and exercising and doing all the things I'm supposed to do. I, I think that not feeling well will lead you down a direction. So depression's a fucking horrible thing. And coping mechanisms are alcohol, drugs, food, all things that are not good for you and can kill you. So it's, it's finding a level place with those people and saying, look, mostly drug addicts where yes, alcohol can kill you, but unless you're doing it daily, I think I understand people partying on the weekend and, whatever that is. But when you're taking a drug every single day to cope with whatever it is you're going through, you have to find a way to push these people to a direction of, Hey, do you want to be better? Because unless they want to be better, it's never going to happen. Mm -mm. Never. You can push them as hard as you want. And And it's not that they don't don't want it. I think they do want to be better. They do want, but, but their want and their, and their drive are going to be different. You know, they're not going to want to work to be different. They they may want sure. it because they think everybody else wants that for them. But if, if they're not well, going to drive. Because their rock, their rock bottom and your rock bottom are two different things. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, for some people, their rock bottom is death. Yeah. And I always tell people, I, I get your want to make them better on want alone, we should have been able to sober the whole country on want alone. Like I really sure. wanted my mom to be my mom and not the crazy woman that, that I was dealing with. And, and it's, I always say want isn't going to fix this. So mm-hmm. no matter what you want, know that that's just putting it out to the universe, what you would like to see happen. But in reality, the person doing what they're doing has a very different agenda. Yeah. So, yeah. On that, um, we should get uh, onto this. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I, I agree. <laughs> and, and I think that, look, I, I hope people um, get something from this, at least understand that, that you can be in the situation, at least from the outside looking in and, and be okay in the end that you can, that can, you can live through what is probably turmoil and pain and a lot of horrible things and still get on, on the other side clean. Yeah. Um, 
and and take your knowledge and try to help people as much as you can. Uh, I think that in your case, that's what you're doing, which is a positive. Yeah, well, I didn't go through it for nothing, so somebody's got to benefit from it because I sure as hell no, didn't. Uh, I, I, yeah, I hope so. And um, look, it, it's okay to uh, chat with your friends about these things, and 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 when you're ready, at least. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I I never knew, and up until a year ago, where when you start talking about it uh, on a show that everyone's going to hear, it's kind of a, it's very eye opening. That you, you know, look, we've known each other 30 something years and a long time. And I had no idea. And and I was around your mom, which is a whole other. I told you we're really good at hiding a lot of shit. Yeah. So, you know, I I think take, take this knowledge to the bank and and try to help the people that are out there as much as you can. And uh, yeah. Any last words there, miss? No, but I'm happy that we just finished our first podcast of the new year. Yes, 2023 is going to be a fun, fun, fun year. We have lots to talk about and lots of things to do. Make sure you're sharing this with your friends. We want to uh, have everyone here and uh, acknowledge our show coming to our social medias. Leave messages on what you would like to hear us talk about and or want to come on the show because we haven't done an interview in quite a while. I think it's time. And on the flip side, this is an opinion show, so don't get it twisted. Keep coming back, listening. Check out all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can hear us on Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can hear podcasts. And until next week, For my co-host, Tina, I am Rob. We will see you then. See you later, teen. See ya.